The scripture of the day is from Proverbs 13, verse 12. It's in your bulletin or on the screen. Would you please join me so we can say it together? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Let us pray. God of hope, bless us with your vision to see the signs of your hope and presence in our lives and in our world every day. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> Unreasonable hope, finding faith in the God who brings purpose to your pain. This is the title of the book written by Chad Beach, who is not only an author, but a pastor of one of the largest churches made up of predominantly 20 to 40 year olds in the United States. He's a captain of energy. And there's something I didn't know about him, even though I've known about him since 2016. He wrote this book called Unreasonable Hope, and I have found it completely soul-feeding since the pandemic began, not only in my personal life, but in my ministry serving all of you. Chad and his wife Julia have a younger daughter they nicknamed Gigi, who was diagnosed with a rare brain disorder one in which those in the medical community have told them that there is no hope at all. In his words, we were told to stop believing and to stop hoping. I have heard Chad speak twice. He's dynamic. He runs around the stage while he talks and he's excited and he's passionate about his faith in Christ. He gets the crowd revved up, probably two sentences into any sermon. But what stands out to me now after reading his words in this book is his unwavering belief that God is good all the time in every way, no matter what. And now he has street cred in my book. Even in his pain, which at times he describes as deep as an ocean made up of his tears over Gigi. So I share his story with you today because Chad chooses hope every day as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, and as a father of Gigi and his two other children. You know, the normal road would have been self-pity and nobody would have blamed him, right? Or how about bitterness? Why did this happen to us? I believe that guy is hardwired for hope. And when people are hardwired for hope, you want the answer to that. How can I be hardwired for hope when I face pain in my own life? This is probably my favorite quote of all the wonderful things he's preached. He says, I am convinced that hope that grows in times of trial is the most beautiful hope. Trial 
leads to beautiful hope. My favorite definition of the word hope is sat in front of my office computer for more years than I can count, and it's a one-sentence definition. It is this, the expectation of a favorable outcome under God's direction. Typically, when we say the word hope, what we mean is we're not sure it's gonna hope it's gonna actually happen, but it's kind of like wishful thinking, like we hope it's gonna happen, especially at the start of a new year, right? I hope I can lose that five pounds. I hope the stock market will turn around so we'll have enough money to retire comfortably. I hope this new treatment is finally going to relieve my pain. But biblical hope, it's not at all like wishful thinking. Biblical hope is much more. Hebrews 11.1 says this, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Enter Jesus. There is nothing uncertain about Jesus' hope. Lord knows he hung on a cross for it. It speaks of something that is sure and steady, that is already here, but yet, not yet, because more hope is to come, not only in this life, but in eternal life. We haven't experienced yet, but there is no question that it will happen. It is hanging on to hope, confident that we can entrust our very lives to the one who holds the future no matter what the circumstance. Twelve years ago, the city of Livonia decided to plant some young trees on my street. All of them seemed to thrive, except the one in front of my neighbor's house. Oh my goodness, while all the trees were growing strong, that tree was like the little engine that could, and some days when the wind blew, we weren't sure it was gonna still be standing. But one day her son came out and he found this skinny stick, and it was from a wood pile of firewood, and he stuck it deep into the ground, and he tied it around that little skinny tree trunk, about three feet in the air. And then no matter how much the wind blew, the tree never swayed, never fell down again. And you'd never guess that tree's beginning if you drive by my house and see it. It's amazing. It is standing tall and it is thriving in seasons, out of seasons, all kinds of weather. You know, if you and I choose to hold on to hope that Jesus himself is really with us, not something we say in our head, but it makes it to our heart and our very being, it's like we're driving a stake into the ground of God's word, following in the footsteps of Jesus and his promises hanging on for dear life. And then when the wind of adversity or pain or doubt comes our way, and it will, we can hold on steady without falling on the, without falling down, sure that our hope is tied to Jesus Christ, who will never let us go. 
Now I'm convinced that hope grows in times of trial that is the most beautiful hope. Pain may be real, and it is very real, but so is God's ability to pull us out of it. And when you have gone through something tragic in your life, something that totally alters your life, that changes your perspective, when you have seen Jesus come and stand and fall on his knees beside you as you cry, as you try to figure it out, has a wave come and hits you that you never saw coming, and you have to learn to kneel, then to stand, then to walk again. <clears throat> You'll want to do the same for other people as you watch them go through what you did. To offer hope and to point out to the one who gives us comfort. Jesus surrounds us. His presence, his words, experience through others. How many times has it happened to us that we're going through something and someone we didn't even expect came alongside us in our day and said that one thing that we didn't know we had to hear that literally kind of changed our trajectory, that lit that spark of hope when the world seemed dark. I think, too, in the midst of pain, we want to run away. We sometimes say, I'm going to go hide under a rock for a while because it seems natural to do that. But what if we allow people to love us through our pain? Let people love you and be your strength when you need it the most. We all need love in our lives and often in pain we start to believe the lie that there's no one that's going to get it. No one understands us. There's really nobody around to love us. I mean, like, not love us like we expect. But perhaps we need to focus on a different question. Instead of asking, am I really loved? We might ask ourselves, am I really allowing those around me to love me? Our hardships, they shape us. How we respond to others' hardships no longer from a distance that shows them that we get it after our own adversity. And so we are no longer removed from others' pain where once there was sympathy, that grieving, that sorrow, we become empathetic, able to help a step beyond our sympathy to walk in someone's shoes. And we all know from Henry Nouwen, that famous writer, that the wounded healer is the most effective healer, listener. Come alongside you, pray for you, be there for you. You know, the scripture of the day from Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Another way of saying, you need to receive hope that comes from Christ. Because if you do not have hope, if you say, maybe if this happens and this happens and this happens, then I'll have hope, you're going to be heartsick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life that lives
little tiny tree on my block, now a great tree. Fulfill hope now while you're in the ocean of your pain. Hope is the boat. Stand alongside someone as they experience life's ups and downs, and it will make you better for it, for your vulnerability and your availability to them. When we share our failures and successes along the way, it shows us that Jesus has a purpose for our pain, even when we can't see it. And we grow so much more in pain and trial than we do when the grass is green and the sun is shining and all is well. Because often in those situations, we think, hey, God, I got it. I'm good. But Jesus comes and enters our lives and our trials and gives us hope. I've heard Abraham described as audacious Abraham. Audacious in his hope. Audacious hope goes against public opinion, common sense, risk, not popular. I love what Paul says about Abraham. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. So you heard Melanie read his story that day when the three travelers came to visit, he and Sarah, and she's listening in the tent as they describe, and they're well into their 90s, how God is going to bless them with a child. And we say, I might laugh too, Sarah. The name of that son, Isaac, meaning laughter, meaning joy. But what was it like for Abraham when he was a young guy? When he left home and everything without a blueprint and he followed God and God came to him and said, Hey, God, hey, Abraham, one day you are going to be the father of nations, right? As many as the stars in the sky. And while you were young, I would imagine young Abraham went, yes! What was it like when his 30s passed by? And his 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s? Abraham persevered. He kept that hope. And he reminded God, hey, remember what you said to me all those years ago, God? And God said, oh, yes, I remember. And here's my three messengers to tell you, it's going to happen. And imagine all those in their lives who looked upon them and went, oh, right, sure. Audacious Abraham. That's unreasonable hope. It defies reason. That's how God works. Because Abraham was hardwired for hope. So Abraham, Chad, and his wife, Julia, are fed by hope. And like Abraham having hope and trust in God, when the miracle doesn't come, decade after decade after decade, when the urgent prayer goes unanswered, when there is only darkness, this is the kind of trust and hope in God that grows our faith because it can only be developed and displayed in the midst 
of difficult circumstances. It is the kind of faith and hope that can't be shaken because it's a result of having been shaken by life. For you and for me, as we seek to find God this new year, in the midst of our own pain and our own struggles, the message is the same as it was on Christmas Eve when we proclaimed in this sanctuary that Jesus, Emmanuel, means God is with us and Jesus is with us still. And because he is, we don't have to be afraid as we face the future because the future in, is, is in his hands. And so are you. And so am I. You know, Jesus told us that he gives us a peace like no other that can't be found anywhere else. And it is a wholeness, a hope, a life. Hope, not fear. Hope, not doubt. Hope, not despair. Hope, not anger. Remember, Jesus is our hope. And Jesus shows us that the best way to show our love for God is to love one another by being merciful and kind, forgiving and thoughtful as we hold each other in our prayers. Now let me be clear, that does not mean that we tolerate injustice. That does not mean that we tolerate abuse. That does not mean that we can, yes, love someone, but if they are so unhealthy and toxic, Part of that love means separating ourselves from them. So God has room to work. Perhaps that's a bold statement. Perhaps you've never heard it from a pulpit. But I believe it to be so. God does call us to love everybody. But in loving ourselves like our neighbors, sometimes loving folks who abuse and who hurt and cause trauma. That's not love. And to love ourselves enough to know that there needs to be separation there. So God has room to heal those hurts, to come with that balm, and then one day to help you come alongside someone who's going through that same thing. That's the real hope of Jesus and what keeps us going from day to day. The new year has come upon us, and if you want a great start to this new year, enter into the spirit of the one who came into the world to work at human burdens and who calls us to do the very same. Take on some burden you could easily avoid, some problem that is not your own. Relieve someone's pain for a little while by carrying his or her heavy burden for just a time, maybe an afternoon, and maybe it looks like a card or a text, and perhaps food on someone's table, all mercy in someone's life, no gift too small. And as you do, in simple human love and Christian faith, Hope will come upon you in a way it never has before. Real hope that gets you up and out of bed in the morning, that helps you lay down your head at night and you actually sleep 
That is Jesus's hope that is given to all of us already here with us and more to come and it will come because Jesus is working in the world already. And because he does, we can rise to meet the challenge of our times. Be convinced that hope in your life grows in times of trial and it is the most beautiful hope. So drive the stake of your life deep into the word of God, into the community of faith, into the footsteps of Jesus and follow him. Sink your most precious hopes in God with us, in Jesus. And as you do, may the rough places in your life be made smooth. May the valleys of your pain be comforted and the door to your heart be wide open to welcome Jesus in, because you may not have known this before, but you too are hardwired for hope. Praise God. May the peace of Christ be with you. Amen.